You're very welcome to the first ever episode of the Irish F1 show. The Irish F1 show is going to be a bit of crack between two lads who just love sitting down and watching the F1. One knows probably a bit more about circuit racing than the other. One knows a bit more about microphones than the other, but neither of the two boys are afraid to talk and express their opinions. My name is Kevin Regan. I have the Irish Rally podcast and I have the Left Wing Back podcast. And we said, you know what? Let's go with an Irish F1 show as well. And we have Richard Carney, a man with the nickname of Schumacher. I kid you not. Richie, how are you getting on? How are you going, Kevin? Delighted for you to have me on. Yeah, sure. Look, it's great to team up with you once again. We played a good bit of football together. An odd hurling game or two as well. Uh, and now here we are talking about F1. Um, look, the first thing I'll do, I suppose, seeing it is our first episode, will you give the listeners a bit of a, an insight into your background in terms of circuit racing? Hi, my name is Richard Carney. I, um, I've been circuit racing for the last 18 to 20 years. I started out in saloon cars. I now race single-seaters called Formula Shanes, which are like mini versions of Formula One cars and um, have been relatively successful. So that's sort of basically me in a nutshell. I've raced in the UK, I've raced in Ireland, Northern Ireland. Yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Yeah. Uh, Don't forget to uh, list off the success you've had as well, Richie, in fairness. A home Patrick trophy. Uh, 2017 or 2018? Uh, yeah, won the Home Trophy in 2018, which was a major achievement. Um, I had only been single seater racing about three to four seasons at that stage. Um, I've won the Dunlop Trophy in a single seater, and I've won my my own personal championship. I've won a Northern Ireland championship. Um, numerous race wins, I suppose. Um, I'm starting to. The head is starting to get red with me now. I'm talking too much about myself. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, it's funny because uh, when I played football with you, you did not really talk about yourself. So <laughs> 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 here we go. Sizu. But the Home Patrick Trophy, in fairness, that would be, I think you had said before to me in a previous interview, the second most prestigious trophy perhaps in, in Ireland. Yeah. 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 The Leinster Trophy. Giving you credit now. We might as well have it out there on record anyway. <laughs> yeah. The Leinster Trophy is probably the most prestigious trophy in the country as regards circuit racing. Now, I haven't had a chance to race for that yet. It is. It's in my pipeline. I will do it. But the Home Patrick, yeah, second most prestigious trophy that you can win in this country for circuit racing. So so um, what you're saying is we're going to have a, a resident guest who's going to know a little bit about Maybe not F1, but single seat racing and uh, what it takes to go around the circuit and maybe a little bit of insight. And um, you know what? From from a set-up point of view as well, well, we'll delve into different things and a couple of other guests are going to join us every now and then uh, because, you know, there's obviously a huge interest, not just in, in what you see in terms of the cars going around, but from my point of view, I'm always very interested in the engineering side. And I think in general, one of the, the big reasons that we now have this massive interest in F1 in Ireland once again is obviously down to drive to survive. Um, and I speak for one of those people as well because I think without that three or four years ago, I don't know what I have been as mad about F1 as I am now, as are thousands upon thousands of people in Ireland and millions across the world. It was probably the greatest masterstroke of marketing I've ever seen or heard of on Netflix. And as we record this, it is number one in Ireland again in terms of what's trending. So... Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's a superb job. And I think anyone who, and I've said this to several people and just sat down and watched it, anyone who has zero interest in F1 
if they sat down and watched it just from the marketing and business and political point of view, they would be very much entertained, wouldn't they? <coughs> yeah, you hit it right when you said it was a masterclass, a masterstroke in marketing. Um, to be honest, I'd be a die-hard die F1 fan. I would have been always watching it. But when the first Drive to Survive launched and I watched it and I just thought, like, what an insight it gave to someone that maybe thought about watching F1 but didn't really bother him whether they did or didn't. Like, when you go behind the scenes, like Drive to Survive does, and you get to see what goes on in the background, what, you know, the, the politics of it, what happens, and, and none of that is made up. Like, it, every bit of it is true. It, it's brilliant. Like it's absolutely mm. brilliant. It's like it just brought people back to the sport that haven't been with the sport for the last ten or fifteen years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and look, I as I said to you, going back in the late nineties, early noughties, I would not have missed her race. I loved Schumacher. I hated Hakkinen, <laughs> and for no reason whatsoever. Only that he was Schumacher's uh, rival because. You know, if you look back on it, I thought he was he's a pretty likable guy when you grow up and uh and you know, get out of uh, your your childish mentality. Um I love them and I have the Jordan one two on VHS recorded somewhere from RTE's coverage when Hill and Ralph Schumacher back in ninety eight when that crazy race. Yeah, like absolutely crazy. That they're all there. Um so Should yeah, I think it a great wrecked off the start. That's it. It was nuts, yeah. First first corner and then bang. Uh, I think, I don't know, I'm, I'll have to go check again, but there wasn't a whole lot of cars actually finished that, in fairness, in the end. No, I, I think um, that time they had, they had um, T cars, as in spare cars, but each team had only one spare car, so if mm-hmm. a team had both cars wrecked, I think something, like, something stupid, like 12 to 14 cars started, restarted. Hmm. crazy crazy a great race an absolute great race and like it just if you think back about that race and it's what turned me again David Coulthard for life was <laughs> when he lifted off the Les Schumacher pass yeah just as they come to a bend like and takes the front corner off Schumacher like and then the famous scene Schumacher heading down <laughs> to the garage to take the head off him yeah front corner and <laughs> And, and I'll tell you one thing that he, he was lucky to have a full set he afterwards um, to be honest with you oh, uh, it's a good job yes. there was a few guys that intervened in fairness but yeah, yeah it was and it wasn't it, it wasn't one of those uh, Schumacher wasn't it wasn't one of those hold me back hold me back ones if he if oh, no, he was on him yeah 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 and look to be, to be quite fair about it um, he uh, he was no stranger to a bit of controversy over the years Um and rightly or wrongly, people had different takes on different things. Like we talk about the Hill incident in, in Adelaide and obviously Villeneuve then. Um, you know, yeah. you can only have a podcast about that in itself. But <laughs> the Villeneuve one, for me, was very blatant. Uh, and like, obviously, you're, you're going to, what's the three Ds in life? Deny, deny, deny. <laughs> and that seemed to be uh, the situation there. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, great times, I suppose. And now, just to bring it back, because of Netflix, I think we're we're now talking about it in the same light, aren't we? Yeah, like listen, even just going back to them Schumacher incidents, you know, and a lot of people tend to go back to them, but like all the greats, Orton Senna, Orton Senna blatantly took Alan Prosta, blatantly mm-hmm. took him out to win a world championship, and there's not a word about it because it was Orton Senna. 
Like, yeah. And I know, I know, listen, we might, I, I probably get stick for this because, do you know, there's an awful lot of Senna fans. Um, to me, Michael Schumacher is the, he's the goat. Like, he's, don't talk to me about Lewis Hamilton and all his wins and, and matching them on championships. Like, Schumacher was doing a 12 to 14 race schedule per year. Back then, like, there wasn't half, he didn't do half the laps, half the races that they do nowadays. So, and, like, and in the machinery they were driving, like, listen, I, I, I don't care, like, like, you see these uh, videos and things there where Hamilton went out and drove Senna's old McLaren and Mick Schumacher drove Michael's uh, Jordan, um, the 7-Up livery Jordan, and, and like, these boys get out of those cars, like, and they're like, what the fuck? How did these boys drive these cars? Do you know? So, like, mm. I, I, listen, I might be biased because, it's like you, I'm a massive Schumacher fan, and don't get me wrong, Hamilton is world class. But do not put me in the same light as Michael Schumacher, please. <laughs> yeah, I suppose, is there, or would there be an element of who... Did you grow up with and that's maybe another another side to it but uh even though schumacher was involved in so many infamous things um i would still i would still see him as a more likable character anyway and i don't mean that in a bad way to lewis hamilton i'm just not really a big hamilton fan as such uh i think he's i think he's very gracious in fairness and uh you know he gets the piss taken out by connor moore and hashtag grateful and all this and, and, and some people think it's absolute <laughs> Tripe, right? Uh, just come out and say it, Kevin. Hamilton think... needs to take the dummy out. Like he's, he's, <laughs> he's just a baby, cry baby, all the time. I don't, I don't like that part of it. Yeah, I don't like that part of it. Right? I, I did think he he came away with a lot of respect from my point of view after the last race last year. I thought that was, I thought that was, uh, you know, he could have dealt with that a lot more differently. But he did a lot of whinging before the race ended too, just to put a bit of balance out there. Um, but. I know we're segueing and we're kind of fecking over and back about different yokes, right? But I watched the the jewel thing that Sky Sports had the other day. I don't know if you got to yeah, see that. Yeah, I watched that as well. Yeah, right? I watched that as well. And most of it was good. At the very end of it, I was very disappointed because I I can't think of uh, the journalist who had said it or whatever. Uh, but I'm almost certain, and I could nearly go quote on quote, that it was pretty much insinuating that Michael Massey decided the whole thing, right? And okay, some people have the narrative, Richie. But like, for Stappen still had to pass him out. People forget that. Like, you know, I think that's. Uh, I don't know. I, I didn't really like that part. I don't know about you. I was extremely disappointed with it to think that. Um, you know, he he was the race director. He can't. You know, he can't be biased. And and Mercedes came out and said, "Oh, he shared plans with Christian Horner," and oh. They had meals together and they had like 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 that's just fucking petty. Like mm. listen, even even at my level, human error happens all the time. Do you know mistakes mm. are made? And and listen, you're relying on a human being at that level to make a decision. And bearing in mind he has two team owners barking down his throat like one after the other after the other, like he got badgered in that race. Now fair enough. In the cold light of day, and it's very easy the next day to sit back and say what should have happened. Um, you know, probably race probably should have been red flagged. 
Cars brought back to the pit lane, tyres changed and let them add. But like, that's not what happened. That didn't happen. Max got the rub of the green on the day. Lewis didn't. And listen, it, to me, it was one of the best things that could have ever happened to the sport. And I'm not saying that because I don't like Lewis. I do like Lewis. As I said, I think he's world class. Um, I also, I like Max. I love Max's driving style. I love the aggression. Um, do you know what? The man, I think he, he was unfairly treated, in my view. In my view, as a human being, his life, like, that man's life is near enough after being ruined. You know, and, and no need for it. No need for it whatsoever. Like, I mean, you know, Max, the new world champion. Like, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Brilliant for the sport. It was like, you know, Kilkenny winning all them All-Irelands. The next thing, someone else came along and they might have got a controversial penalty to win in All-Ireland. Same feckin' thing. These things happen. Like, it's life. It's human error. Yeah. And he applied the basic law of... Um... Of common sense now christian horner would say that he applied the rules differently and then other guys would say he broke the rules but then as we know there's there's a bit of gray and there's common sense so in in light of what happened you can argue this that and the other but i, I thought common sense did prevail a little bit like if all of the cars had been let through would we still be talking about all of this like is is it just no, is is the fact no. that only I I know right there's rules and I can see these people coming at me already for trying to articulate this, uh, the right way or the wrong way, whichever you want to look at, right? But five cars went through. Whether all whether five went through or whether they all went through, uh, if it had happened the last previous, uh, you possibly are looking at a situation where you're going to have to two of them race anyway, and the opportunity is going to be there to pass. Um, so all those variables are there, okay. All these things could have been happened, but the fact of the matter is, it, they didn't. Max won, game over. Um, Lewis, to his credit, and I, I think a lot of people forget about this, almost got back at him and passed him out on tyres that were literally on treads. And I think that had to be very much complimented as well. A lot of people forgot about that, I felt. Um, but again, it's part of the intrigue which has led us to sit down and, and do this, Richie, which is, which is mighty. So... I suppose we probably should delve into um, what is happening this year now that we have all this interest. Uh, without giving away any Drive to Survive spoilers, I only got a couple of episodes in myself um, and I'm looking forward to watching uh, the rest of them. But uh, that was uh, that was timely that they brought out the week before. Also timely that we're bringing out the week before. <laughs> and, and just to confirm <laughs> that, uh, you know, this is probably our, our only preview as such that the plan will be to just do one after each race and if it kind of segues from uh one week to the next in terms of races back to back then we will do a half preview half review type of thing and that's literally the plan so Bahrain testing um it was yeah it was interesting as always there was a, a number of talking points and if I was to ask you what do you think is a, is one of those or what ones do you want to talk about uh I know I have a few but what's that out for you um Ferrari seemed to be back, which was a massive thing for me. Um, mm. I'd love to see the Scuderia back fighting for wins. Um, then you have the usual heavy hitters, Red Bull. And I suppose you're probably going to touch on it, but the infamous Mercedes side pods mm. that changed between Spain and Bahrain. 
Um, and then I suppose we'll probably touch on it as well. The big one, Mick Schumacher, getting second fastest lap on the last test day, mm-hmm. which you know that that. Uh, listen, we'll probably touch on it, so I'll leave it alone for the moment. Yeah, well, look, that's a lot of that was uh, where I was heading as well. So I suppose um, I don't know whether to maybe delve into the actual testing in general first, or maybe to go through our uh, our teams and drivers for the year because while a lot of people know them already maybe people that are just jumping in for the first time won't be familiar so obviously it's uh, the status quo with red bull with max oh sorry Stabbers. kevin sorry kevin can i just yeah. go across you one other massive thing in the bahrain testing and i know we probably will touch on it again is k mag is back kevin magnuson back with Haas. that's a massive thing as well we're definitely jumping into it. Absolutely. There's, there's been mad, mad few weeks for Haas. Anyway, um, Red Bull with Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez. Big change, of course, at uh, Mercedes with uh, George Russell now joining Lewis Hamilton. And, Richie, to be fair, uh, George, a couple of years ago when he deputised, was pretty close to, you know, going all way, only for a bit of a cock-up, I think, in the, with a pit stop and the wrong tyres being put on. Um, so... That taught me two things. One, he's bags of talent, and two, it really does matter what car you're in because the Williams, the Williams was well. Okay, just a few things you could say, but it wasn't great, and all of a sudden he was in line to win a race. So, I think that's going to take uh, a lot of attention this year. How well he does alongside Lewis Hamilton, yeah. I yeah, I, I I cannot wait to see this battle unfold. Um, Toto has come out and said, you know, we're we're, we're going to have to um more or less educate George in the in in team Mercedes you know more or less sort of in a roundabout way said listen he's going to play a second fiddle to Lewis but I actually think he's that good that that's not going to last very long I can see George Russell being a world champion in the next two to three seasons easily. Mm. He is just magnificent. What he done in Secure that time when he took Hamilton's seat, like the shoehorned him into that car. Like he did you know the, 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 he he wasn't comfortable in it and led that race three times. And and some might say, listen, maybe Mercedes didn't want him to win that race. I don't know. I'm not I'm not saying that's what the case was. Maybe he was just that unlucky, but... There's our first conspiracy theory on the Irish F1 show. George Russell is... Like, we're actually blessed, and and with people actually starting to watch Formula 1 again, like, the array of young talent that's there at the moment, George George Russell is definitely a world champion in the making. Lando Norris is definitely a world champion in the making. Um, Alex Albon, if he gets himself back into a big team, is another world champion in the making. You know, and then you have Guan Yu Zhou and, and that other Korean chap, can't think of his name at the moment, there with, mm. with, with uh, Alpha Tari. You know, and it, it's just magnificent at the minute. Like, it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you, Russell. Definitely, yeah. I think in the next couple of years, we're going to see big things happening there. And I just don't know, like you, how, if that's going to be a, kind of a, you're the support driver, like the Eddie Irvine to, to Schumacher at the time, whether that's going to work, or even like in recent kind of times, uh, Bottas and, and Hamilton. But like, 
George Russell is ten times better than Bottas. It's just, it's just, it's just a fact. Like it's just the way it is. Yeah, um, it is a fact. And I don't ever fact. see, I don't ever see a situation where it would be kind of shit actually to see team orders there. I'd like to see the two of them just been given a fair crack and let's see who's quicker than the other. Like even though it's mad to be saying this in Hamilton and seven world titles, in terms of actually raw talent, they're not too dissimilar. Like they're very, very talented. Obviously, two of them are. Um, and I expect them not just to win one. I think you will win a good few. Um, and that's just the way it's going to be. But like, there there is going to be huge competition because I look down at Ferrari, right? And with Leclerc and and Science, for me, like everyone is talking about Leclerc as a, as a you know a future world champion as well. And I think he will. Why do you think Science is every bit as good? In my opinion, I think he's he's a, an incredible driver, and I also have a grow for him because of who he is. I love his father <laughs> in rallying in a rallying sense. Yeah, right? he will be a big rally man. But. At the same time, I think he's bags of talent. I don't know if you agree or not. Would you think Leclerc is still just that little bit better? Um, it's very, very close. It's very. Um, I actually spoke about this with with a person there in Salongo, and I was sort of saying, listen, Leclerc is still number one in that Ferrari team because he's a Ferrari prodigy. They brought him through their academy and brought him up through the ranks. And listen, science is a serious talent as well. Very likable guy um, too, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, I really like Carlos. Really good guy. Really, you know, down to earth. Um, especially when he was with McLaren himself and Lando, like they were, they were yeah. box office. Great combo. Like, brilliant. Yeah, you know. Um, but he's like that. He's 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 serious. He's he wants to win a world title. I think going back to the George and Hamilton thing, Leclerc and Sainz. I think it's all about who hits the ground running this season as mm-hmm. to who, who who takes the lead in, in either team. Um, and I'll be honest with you, and I might be going out on a limb here, but don't be surprised to see George Russell hit the ground running the same as Carlos Sainz. Like Carlos Sainz outscored the third glasses. So. Mm. Yeah, despite despite all the talk. And I suppose one thing that just out my memory, and I didn't actually realise... <coughs> Um, all right, I'll give one spoiler away with the with the Jason Wright thing. Right, was the actual mental struggles that uh, Daniel Ricciardo was having in the earlier part of last season? Like, and I know the results now would have made it look fairly obvious that there was something up, but that was kind of you know you think of how talented Ricciardo is and and the amount of races he's won, uh, you know how happy go lucky he is to see him struggle like that up close and personal. Uh, it's a bit of an eye opener, and do you know what? Right, it's not a bad thing to be talking about either because it just goes to show you don't really know, know what is going on in someone's life because we all have struggles going on, yeah. Doesn't matter what it is, whether it's physical, whether it's mental. And I think that's also a very interesting aspect of, of F1 the psych- psychological side of it. Uh, it's huge, like these guys are bulletproof mentally, and they have to be bulletproof. And there's also for me a very self centered side to it because. You know, even though you're in a team, it's an extremely, I don't know, what you say, individual. I, I just think there's a huge element of selfishness with a lot of drivers. And if you're not that way, it seems like you won't be successful. Like, look at all the champions we've had. Is there any of those that don't have an ego? Or is there any of those that aren't that little bit cocky or that little bit arrogant? I don't recall too many of them anyway. Maybe, maybe you've different thoughts. No, 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 no. Like, like listen, watch it. It's a team... It, it's it's a team of two individuals and and basically in a structure like f1 
the first person you have to be is your teammate. That's that's first and foremost to establish yourself in the team. Like when you think about the likes of Ricardo, and he is so bubbly and jokey and and always has a smile on his face. That 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 to me would sort of nearly ring alarm bells. That you're in a multi-billion euro sport. That the pressure that's on you to perform. Now, fair enough, he probably has a long, long, I'm not quite sure how many years, but he probably has a long enough term contract with McLaren. But like, how, what, what good is a contract that's not worth the paper throw on? But like, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that mental beat down on those guys, to be honest with you. Like, it's, it's, it's such a demanding sport, as in like, an awful lot of people will just sit there and say, well, to sit in a car, to, to, to turn the steering wheel and press pedals, how hard can it be? It's, it's, it's not even that. The mental strength that's needed. Like, and you hit the nail on the head. You have to be the most cocky <laughs> fecker in the world. You have to, like, you, your own self-belief has to be that much that you're nearly unlikable and unbearable to succeed in that sport like and and I think Lando just took I I think Daniel got a bit what would you say a bit he out qualified Lando in the first race last season and Lando ended up beating him in the race and then Lando more or less beat him in every other race after that and I think like that psychological beatdown for an F1 for any driver like that is so hard to take like Mm -hmm. and like Lando wasn't exactly helping either because, look, this is on record anyway, so it's not really a spoiler, and it was all last year. But along the lines of not having sympathy for him was, I don't know, was that the right or wrong way to, to even... You can take a quote and take it out of context, but those sometimes words are cold, and no matter what way you spin them, it's still there in a sentence. So I don't know. Like I mean, from, from a whole team point of view and a teammate's point of view, should you just kind of say... Uh, something along the lines of I'm sure he'll be back to his best in no time. I mean, from a PR Absolutely. point of view, I don't know. Like, Absolutely, that's that's like that's what he should have said. Yeah, as a team player, as a team player, that's what he should have said. But as a driver, and and he's seen an opportunity to get that knife and twist it. Mm. That's what he done. Like what he said should have been like that. That's behind closed door stuff. You know, you don't, you don't. Talk like it's that. great for a journalist now, I have team. to say, right? But it's, oh, it's, it's brilliant. Like, if you're there as the communications manager or whatever, you're like, <laughs> and it's funny because I think the communications manager is ball, but if you had here, he'd be pulling it out. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's just literally oh, the way man. it would be. It was man, like, crazy. there's no way, there's no way he, but like that, Lando is young, he's long term contracted to McLaren as well. So, but in saying that, like, if, if the likes of Ferrari, Mercedes Red Bull, like if they come looking for Lando, he's gone. Like he he mm-hmm. will sign for those big teams because there's world championships there. And hopefully, hopefully, this season maybe McLaren won't be straight away. I don't think, but I'd love to. Like there's a, like Lando is definitely another world champion in the making. Like, you know, mm-hmm. without a doubt. Like, but like that, he might have. You know, it's like someone giving you a dirty tackle, Kevin. It registers in the mind. Yeah. And after that first out qualifying of Daniel to Lando 
in the first race last year and the way Daniel conducted himself after that, that probably just sat at the back of his throat. And that was his way of dealing with it. And do you know what, right? Uh, it's probably, again, an example of, you spoke about or we kind of touched on science and Lando and they're together and they dovetail quite well because they're very different. But like, I'm not saying Lando is identical to Ricardo because Ricardo is, you know, he's his own man. He's got plenty of charisma. But maybe there just was that bit of a clash there. Maybe there still is. So I, I'm interested to see how this one unfolds, to be honest with you, right? So let's move along then to... Uh, uh, I thought it was Alpine, but it's Alpine, according to Alpine. Will Buxton. Alpine. <laughs> yeah, I, I always remember Alpine, uh, even though I look... Uh, David Coffey's <laughs> probably saying Alpine for ages. It's just Alpine, and sure, that, that's so Irish, isn't it? Having their own lingo. But, so not a tree uh, called an Alpine, no? There is, I think, actually. Yeah, now I've been all horticulturist or an archaeologist either. But uh, yeah, you I need to get your French on the go, Kevin. Alpine. I believe you may be correct there. Uh, <laughs> what do you call it? Uh, okay, right. So Alonso and Ocon once again. Um, Alonso back once more, I suppose. Uh, yeah, look, I know when he came back, he came back for with the intentions of a little while or whatever, but he, he did go on. He's back again. But what do you think the line of thinking is behind that? Um, Richie, like uh, with with Ocon being there, Ocon again for me another very likable guy and someone I felt very sorry for a couple of years ago when he lost out uh, with Racing Point I think it was at the time Force India whatever it was and then your man got into a bit of bother or whatever and uh, and then uh, Stroll came in with his spondoodles uh, and the young lad got to see and Ocon like that's again Ocon came from nothing like you know what I mean literally nothing and. From that point of view alone, you'd be thinking, you know, he's very likable um, and very humble too. So, again, interesting to see how that kind of pans out. But you're probably, are you likely looking at kind of middle of the road sort of a job again this year? Or what do you reckon? I'd say midfield. Um, I would say midfield. Probably feature on the podium, each of them, an odd time throughout the season. Going on the pre-season, you know, Reliability seems to be a little bit of an issue. Now, fair enough, on the, on, on the second half of the last day, they put a lot of laps down, but weren't really quick laps. So mm. I would say we're sort of looking at midfield runners there with Alpine, I'd imagine. So, Alpha, Alpha Tauri then, right? And again, one of the most famous and kind of, I, I, what, what would you put <coughs> iconic maybe award as well. But when Gasly actually got the victory, a couple of years ago, I thought that was just super for him. Like after the turmoil, for similar reasons that he suffered mentally, because that was literally him probably not being ready for the Red Bull drive. And then, you know, that would that would have been a fierce kick in the backside. And and it's it's terrible, right? Because afterwards, even though I have no qualms against Alex Albon, but in a weird roundabout way, I was kind of happy that Albon didn't do well because of the fact that Gasly was probably a little bit hard done by. And I still would think that Horner is reluctant and finds it very hard to admit that he got that one wrong. Um, at the time, I think he got it right by... Probably did get it right by getting rid of Gasly, maybe, right? But he also... Did he did he get it right or wrong with, with Alvin afterwards? You know, I think there's I think there's two in, two kind of things there in isolation, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think Red Bull's biggest problem um, that time with... Pierre Gasly and Alex Albon. Like, I honestly think Alec, Alex Albon is world championship material. Mm-hmm. Um, he's beaten all those guys in the junior formulas and on their way up. Um, Pierre Gasly, 
I think he's he's his world title um, material as well. I I think the big problem with Red Bull is they just put all their eggs in Max's basket, mm-hmm. um, and everything everything is centered around Max. So the second car is sort of handed to the second driver with a rough Max set up on it, and for some reason or other. Pierre, Alex, they didn't, they weren't able to get that car sorted out. Um, and I think Red Bull fell on a golden star with with um, Perez because at this stage of his career, I think he's he's willing to be the Valtteri Bottas of Red Bull Racing. Yeah, look, that's uh, I suppose. I think he will he will rise. Gasly Gasly will rise again, right? I don't know if he's in the car to. Obviously, do serious harm, but along with along with Sonoda, they've again they're they're likable, do aren't they? In fairness, so we'll move on to to Aston Martin, right? So, you know, this was a very interesting thing in terms of last year. Now, carrying into this year, where in the 2020 season, uh, it was basically the 2019 Mercedes car, I think, uh, that they were using, and there was a lot of shite over that. So, last year, then they regressed when they rebranded to Aston Martin. They didn't have, for me, any. I didn't think they had a great season. So. What no, do you think? Or no, how, much, no. how, how much or how little do you think they've done, and where where can they go? Because there's no shortage of money there. Um, but again, uh, look, this is this is nothing to do with the fact that it, there was a kind of a it was handed to him on a plate or whatever. But I'm struggling to find a likability factor to, to, to Mr. Stroll as well. And it's just from again a personal opinion and a point of view. Uh, yeah, I just Vettel, yes, I love listen, great time for listen. Vettel. Always, always have, but. Yeah, the other guy is not. It, yeah, listen, and, and anyone you speak to, sort of like, oh, Lance Stroll's only there because of his daddy. Now, he probably is only there because of his daddy. But, um, like, the one thing I will say is Lance Stroll has won a lot in mm. his junior formula days. And he's, like, Lance Stroll has a couple of real good accolades behind his name that he has won. Now, listen, probably because of daddy and his money, and he's, it's when you get to Formula 1, it's a different ball game. But, yeah, I can understand the on not being able to take to him so much. Um, Vettel we all love. Sure, Vettel, Sebastian is Sebastian. He's just straight-talking, no-bullshit kind of guy. Um, as regards that team this year, I think they'll struggle. I mm-hmm. think... I think we will see them out of the points more more than we'll see them in the points, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Okay. Which is, again, I, I struggle to sometimes figure it out when there's so much of a pot there to, uh, you know, to, <laughs> to dip into. But anyway, I, I kind of do agree with you as well. And I think those those signs are fairly evident. Now, Williams, right? So, again, from, from their point of view... There's been a change in the guard over the last couple of years um, in terms of what's going on behind the scenes. Uh, driver-wise, the man you mentioned, Alex Albon, is back there uh, with Nicholas Latifi. So can they get back to any sort of, I won't say former glory because they're a long way off of that, but I suppose like respectability. I, I think that they lost a lot of that um, over the last couple of years and people were kind of associating them in a very negative sense and the results probably were deserving of that if we're honest about it, right, to... Uh, I suppose to a reasonable extent. Um, so, what story with them this year? Do you think? Um, 
they're a bit of a mixed bag at the moment. I think Alex has done a great job in testing. Nicholas, not so bad. They've showed signs, but, but from what I can take from it, a lot of their quick times was done on low fuel. So that sort of rules that out as regard any other quick times they've done. <sighs> Same thing, I would say they'll, 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 they'll probably be out of the points more than they'll be in the point. They will score points, and you might get an odd wet day where you'll have the likes of Alex. His talent will shine through, and he might. I'm not going to say he won't. I don't think he'd ever get a podium in that car, but you might. If by somehow, some way or other, we get a wet race somewhere, you might see Alex finishing in the top two, or sorry, not top two, in the top uh, top ten maybe. But that that'll be their best, I'd imagine. Mm. Look, you're probably nearly apply the same logic to a lot of the the teams that we're talking about. But having said that, there was a few kind of standouts which we will come to, and you touched on one already in terms of Haas. But Alfa Romeo first with Bottas now seated there alongside. Uh, and again, I'm not great at the pronunciation. Uh, Guan Yu, uh, you could be saying Guan Yu by it uh, if he if he does well. But um, yeah, look, Bottas <laughs> will bring great experience there. Um, no, no, you're fairly right. Uh, yeah, I think I think we're I think we're near enough on you. We'll go with it, right? Until someone points it out, and, and obviously someone probably will at some stage. But uh, yeah, can can we see any sort of a kind of a lift there, or maybe an upsetting of the the Apple car at all? It looks it looks a promising car. I, they'll definitely struggle start of the season. I think Bottas... Bottas with six, by the way. We'll um, guess what Bottas can get out of it. Testing, like, you know, just to point yeah. But, um, to me, same thing, I think. Yeah. <laughs> they'll struggle. Right. Uh, Do Bottas, know. Bottas will get what Bottas can get. Guan Yu Joe will be lucky if he scores a point or two this season. Yeah. All right. So, the, the most intriguing one then, right? Uh, just sheerly because of, you know what you mentioned there with Mick Schumacher, uh, second quickest in testing. And again, we, we take this with a pinch of salt a little bit, but having said that, given the fact that Haas have endured so much over the last couple of weeks, they've, you know, they're now without a sponsor. They're now without a, a driver. Uh, hate saying it. I probably wasn't, I wouldn't rate them too highly anyway. Um, <laughs> but, you know, well, let's, that, I don't really want to say too much more or too much else. Uh, he's gone. Uh, Magnuson's back, which is great to see. Um, so uh, the other thing I, sh- I need to mention is the fact that their stuff didn't get there on time, I don't think. <laughs> no. And it took a while no. to get all that ironed out from a logistical point of view. Um, but when they did, Mick Schumacher, second in testing. So obviously uh, your uh, your nickname is after his, uh, his dad. Uh, it would be great to see him push on. Can can they make adjustments, right? So we, we've associated Haas with it's terrible to say, right? But they had been a bit of a laughing stock at times. Um but you made a very good point off there, which I'll allow you to bring now. You think that they maybe deliberately didn't spend a whole lot last year and maybe whatever they did have, even though they're out of sponsor now, was kind of going into what they were going to do this year. Yeah, well that was Haas's plan last season. Uh Gunter came out and said it that they are zero development on last year's car throughout the season and they wanted to use last season to get their two young drivers a season's experience under their belt and like 
it's gas. They, they said that they took all of last season to concentrate on this season's car, getting that developed and getting it ready. Mm. And they were still late to the circuit with parts. So, I don't know, maybe Gunter had too many parties or something in the factory or something. But um, Yeah, uh, that's the, Mazepin, I think, is on about setting up some sort of a foundation now as well, isn't he? Because of the way he was kind of, I don't know, dropped or whatever. I think he feels hard on way. But anyway, look, I'm, I'm, this is not the Irish political podcast. <laughs> exactly. And so, he, he, he hasn't been hard done by as regard talent. That's all I'd say on that match. Yeah, and that's a good way to, to finish up such, right? So we're nearly at the end of our first episode. Uh, what we didn't do earlier, really, was to go down through all arounds when they're happening. So obviously it all kicks off in Bahrain this weekend. Uh, we will give predictions on that too, right? But the 25th to 27th of March, then you have Saudi Arabia, then after that round three, race day on the 10th of April in Australia, the uh, 24th of April then, race day in Italy, uh, then you're uh, heading off to uh, the United States for the Miami Grand Prix, which is going to be an interesting one on the 8th of May. Barcelona, 22nd of May. Uh, yeah, delighted. can't wait for that yeah. one. Go on, go on to that one, Richie. Uh, looking forward to it. Definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, fair play. I don't want to be rolling, into, rolling in or that. But look, in time, who knows? We'll put it on record now as well because we're chatting about it earlier. Maybe Richie and Kev will get press passes and maybe the podcast can be done live from all these venues. Wouldn't it be great? And maybe you sponsored it to get us all over the world as well on this globe trot. Um, the 29th of uh, May, we have Monaco, Azerbaijan on the 12th of June. Then the following weekend, you have the Canadian Grand Prix. And then on the 3rd of July, Silverstone. On the 10th of July, Austria. 24th, you have the French one. 31st of July, you have the Hungarian one. The 28th, then you have Spa and Belgium. Fantastic race. That was possibly in the pipeline as well in terms of a uh, possible race to go to this year. Uh, 1st September, we're at the Dutch Grand Prix. I'm not at the Dutch Grand Prix, but uh, everyone else is. The 11th of September, uh, <laughs> the, uh, what do you call it? Monza. Yeah. Uh, Monza. The 2nd of October, then you have Singapore. The 9th of October, Japanese Grand Prix, the 23rd, then you have, oh, we're back to back to the US, it's two in the US this year, it's fairly, you know what, it's great, because, ah, it's uh, brilliant, it's brilliant, it's big interest there now, because of Netflix as well, uh, 30th of October, Mexico, the 13th of November, Brazil, and then Abu Dhabi, will we see the drama that we saw last year, so yeah, Richie, um, um, you know, I think so. We will, we will fly into all these races as they are happening, but let's just, tailor it off to Bahrain this weekend what do we see happening what's your bold prediction what's your wild card hey right uh, prediction um, who's on pole first who's on pole I'm going to put my neck on the block here and I'm going to say uh, George Russell on pole Max Verstappen second two Ferraris and then Hamilton right and who's winning it um, Max. Okay, interesting, interesting, interesting. So, I think Max um, wins. Yeah, I think I think Leclerc's going to do well. Um, I think he possibly could get Paul. Uh, I'm not going to go through top five right in terms of qualifying, but then on race day, uh, Max's aggression for me, Leclerc, Russell. I'm going to go. There you go. 
Uh, I'm not putting Hamlin in my top three. Controversial enough. It's nothing to do with the fact that I may or may not like him. Wherever, but <laughs> here we go. Um, I don't know he cares at the opinions of the Irish F1, Sean, to be honest Listen, with you. listen <laughs> Kevin. You just said it a few minutes ago. Think big, like, this day and our preview show this day and next year will have George Russell on as a guest. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? Do you know what? Why not? Why not? Let's let's dream big, man. Let's dream big. Richie, do you know what? It's probably a good place to finish up. Uh, I've really enjoyed sitting down. And um, we'll be chatting again next week. Let's see what happens. Yeah. The neck is on the top and block. And anyone that's uh, <laughs> listening to us, you might give our uh, pages a follow there on Twitter and on Facebook. Um, we're going to be on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify and Google Podcasts and all that too. So if you want to hit the follow button on Spotify, um, give us a, a review on Apple Podcasts. And just spread the word, basically, because we are just looking to go off the ground. That would be absolutely brilliant indeed. Richard Carney, a pleasure. Hopefully, it's a start or something big, bud. Listen, Kev, sure. We'll see what happens. You know yourself. That's it. I enjoyed it anyway, and, I, and I'm looking forward to the next few episodes. Absolutely. So, until next time, folks, take care. <laughs>